Hey there, welcome back to Jay in Transit, a podcast about connection and a discovery tour about what love means for me. Um, my name is Juana Silverio. I am a 39-year-old uh, from New York, and I have been asking myself the question about how do I connect? How have I missed connection? And what does a true connection look like? Um, so in the first episode, um, if you haven't had a chance to listen, we talked a little bit about what open meant and how I'd been defining open. Um, and so I thought in this episode that you're about to hear, I talked to my real life friend um, who uh, is a self-professed or was a self-professed, excuse me, uh, relationship hater and is now in the happily ever now phase. Um, she has an interesting journey and uh, take a listen. <laughs> so how are you? I'm good. So just full disclosure, if you hear a random bark, it's my dog chiming in to participate and give his two of cents. Of course. Home. You know, we have to do that. And so ironically, I am in transit right now as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Finished the staff retreat and on my way to see a friend for the weekend in Syracuse. So um, quite fitting for now. So why don't we introduce you to the audience of Jay in Transit. Go on ahead, tell us about yourself. Huh? <laughs> I'm like, do you want to do that? Do you want me to do that? Okay. I uh, want you to do it. <laughs> so and make sure you're by the mic so that we can get beautiful audio. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Heavenly. And I've known Jay since I was 17 freshman in college uh so we have been good girlfriends ever since then and uh she really I think the best way to describe why I'm on the podcast today is because I'm a recovering relationship as you can say for lack of better words um I say that again recovering relationship hater Absolutely. Oh, I'm a relationship hater. I was the person who did not want to be in a relationship, didn't want to date, didn't want to uh, even see anybody, entertain them, any of that. And then, you know, fast forward a few years and now I'm engaged. So it's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy, but also pretty amazing because you're amazing. And so is he. Um. So I wanted to start with exactly uh, uh, you telling us about the relationship hating phase. Okay. What was that like for you? Like, what were the what were the things you were thinking? What would you do to, you know, block the blessings, as they say? Um, I think you know I spent a lot of my twenties, probably the the bulk of them, just in uh, quasi relationships. So I think that's probably where it started. It was a lot of the uh, where everything but the name. And so, you know, mm -hmm. friends with benefits isn't even a fair enough statement. It was just oh, yeah. where everything but the name. And so I get all the drama. I get all the heartache. I get some of the fun. 
um, but I don't get the title, so I'm always left confused. So that was that was probably the bulk of my twenties. There there were a couple of significant relationships in there as well that were pretty life changing, which uh, was was helpful to kind of keep me anchored. But by the time I got to thirty, I'd really just gotten to a place where I was really interested in being with me and dating myself. Um, I think right around 30, I started dating a guy who checked off a, a lot of boxes for me and right. it started super intense and then crashed and burned within three months. So it was this huge uh, epic arc. And when it ended, I decided, I was like, I don't want to be alone. It was, it was very clear. I was like, I don't want to be alone, but uh, so I need to really sit down and figure out what is it, what lesson am I trying to heal? Am I trying to deal with within myself that keeps bringing me back to this kind of cycle, this personality type? Um, and when we yeah. talk about that, it was like a deep arc and, and it crashed and burned within three months. I mean, we were talking about marriage. It was super serious. Um, and looking at where do we put our lives together and then it like exploded. So uh, right. it was, it was pretty intense. And during that process, I, I guess for lack of better words, I really fell in love with myself. And as I was healing all these parts of myself, found um, it started out being uncomfortable being alone and then it got really comfortable and really easy. And I think the world is set up uh, for all women, but particularly career-oriented women to, right. to be single and to do that well. You know, there, there's yeah. all this um, uh, advertising that promote girlfriend trips and brunch. Correct. And, you know, like, so everything is like real, you know, cushiony and secure. And I realized uh, going into my 30s that I, my cup was full. I had that between my job and my girlfriends, my relationship needs were being fulfilled. And so the idea right. of dealing with the drama that I had experienced in my 20s and going back into that and, and having to just share, I was like, ew, I don't want to do that. So I don't want to even come near it. No, get, get me away from it. I don't want to do that. <laughs> That's so funny that you brought up um, uh, the, the relationship with your girlfriends because I too in my 20s had that very um, ambiguous, actually, I don't even think I had a relationship in my 20s, at least not in college. Um, uh, and it wasn't until I left college that I too had a crash and burn um, because the guy was like nine years older than I was and I had just graduated college and we were on totally different planes. Mm -hmm. um, and then um, I did too end up in a relationship that I thought, you know, I was naming the babies at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the plan. Yes, it's written. Here we are. We sounded amazing on paper. Um, but, you know, my arc was I didn't know how to communicate. I didn't know how to solve issues. Right. Um, and neither did he. And so it became a tit for tat where it really could have been a healthy, you know, growing relationship, but we didn't know how to do that. Um, yeah. So it was at 30 that I too broke up. I don't know. We're living parallel lives here. <laughs> and um, 
I did have to grapple with a lot of myself, but still, um, I wanted to just uh, go a little bit into the relationship with girlfriends that got us so comfortable in not pursuing our relationship with, you know, with a man. Like, how did that play out for you? And I, and I all interject because I, I have some distinct ways on how, um, how that played out for me. Yeah. So I think probably, I feel like our girlfriend group and it, and it has like a lot of just like off splinters that, that go with, or I don't want to say splinters, but like branches. They're, they're all just right. the little sub branches and then we all come back together and weave in and out. But our girlfriend yep. group did a really great job of looking out for each other in college. There was no man left behind at a party or in a situation. Right. We followed up, we looked out for each other, we made sure that we were protected. Nobody was walking around with their ass hanging out figuratively or literally. So it, it started there where you just had your girlfriends that you would go places with to, to, you know, you would go to the club with them or you would go uh, to, for us, it was going to Mary Graydon, going to the hall to like get lunch. If you just had some honey, that, you know, you would like do something with them. Late night TDR. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Late night little karaoke, <laughs> a little breakfast waffle, and a gossip. And then, you know, where I and people that were interested in. So it started out there, like really small. And then, you know, when you get out of college, it becomes a, oh my God, I have to go to this thing. And I don't have, uh, I can't invite that person that I'm in that ambiguous situation with, or I'm not in a situation with anybody right now, or they're right. a buddy. So let me call my girlfriend. Let's right. See what she's doing. That's what I was going to say. They weren't even called um, situation shifts back then. They were fuck buddies. They were or Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those were those were quite common. Yeah, they, sure. they were they were common, and so you would call your girlfriend because you can't bring your fuck buddy to your job event. So you bring your girlfriend. Very and then what started happening? You know, I really also like what's coming to my mind is I I have to blame Grey's Anatomy in like a very good way, right? Because I'll never interesting the episode where Meredith looks at her uh, best friend Christine again, and she's like, "That's my person." She's like, you're my person. You know, there's, you know, I have mm. Eric and I love him and I will marry him, but you are my person. Or you go back to Sex in the City and uh, Carrie's like, maybe we, our girlfriends are our soulmates and men are just these fun things that come in and come out. So here you have two, yeah. huge, right? Like you have these two fem huge female archetypes for us at this time of like a, where we're coming of age into womanhood and dating who are telling us, you know, these, you're going to always have relationship bullshit, but your girlfriends are who will really hold you down and anger you. So I think it starts right. with like that kind of that, like you had that subliminal media message that was coming in and that was just reinforcing this idea that like, go, these are the people that will hold you down. And so then you look up and you, you're now like 27, 28, 30, 32, and you're trying to advance your career and focus on that and, and climbing all of those ladders and jumping through all of those hoops. And that's enough drama. And so you, yeah, and you're like, I, I, I can't add any more drama. My, my plate is full. Yeah, but was it drama or was it like, were we just behind? I don't know. Maybe it was an excuse sometimes, right? Because my mom, for instance, growing up, like her thing was like, men are not, you know, they should not be your priority. It's yeah. early school. Yeah, right? that's a big one. And so, yeah. And so, um, so, yeah, I would go to school. I would have all these interactions. 
Um, but I would always default to having women friends and do and and just climbing, 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 as you said. No, so that's I, I, over, I overlooked a lot of potential at this point. Oh, I don't even know where that potential is. Yeah, wasn't even checking for it. Like these, this idea that you went to college to get uh, a husband uh, or a wife, depending on your sexual preference, that 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 never crossed my radar. It was like you go to college, you can get a degree, so you can. You can. Right. You're going to work for yourself. You're going to be able to do anything on your own. And um, and full disclosure, that was always um, my goal. You so we finished segment one, um, understanding that we um, had interesting, ambiguous connections, but... We also had a lot of societal and, and even some traditional things that got in the way. So um, in the next segment, we talk a little bit about how we marry different things at that time. Um, and that being job and friends and uh, how we came out of that stage. I guess, you know, probably the biggest thing is that, you know, I I didn't really worry in the back of my mind about whether or not I would be in a long-term relationship. It was one of those things that I knew was ultimately going to be my decision. So it's kind of like right. one of those, I, I guess maybe like the secret or, you know, this whole like manifesting and like energy attraction thing where that part of my life has always, I have been less neurotic about for lack of better words my career yes. has always been the thing that I that has been um the thing that really took up a lot of my concentration and energy and stress and concern uh and I and I think that's something that a lot of women from our age group we were we were very much groomed to be independent and to think about that piece and to find our self-worth in our career and so yes. Uh, I know the the moment that is probably the funniest and one of the biggest moments about uh, me being anti-relationship is when you and I were on the beach in yes. Delaware. And I think that was in 2016. Uh, we were on the beach, sitting on the beach, and another one of our girlfriends was mentioning how she was going to be pulling away from us so that she... Yes focus on just being um, available so that she could attract her future husband and she couldn't be bothered with us because we were single. And and she just kind of sat we, there. Not, not only were we single, we had just finished saying how we were fine with the singleness. Yes, and, 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 she, and she made it seem like almost like we had the plague and we were <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> us. Yes, and I looked at her and I said, that's crazy. I'm not okay with that statement. And I'm also not ready to be in a relationship. I don't want a relationship. I don't want to be close to a relationship. I don't want anything like a relationship. Um, and I really poo-pooed all of her sentiments and, and, was, and was completely at the opposite end of the spectrum. And yes. I think a big part of that hadn't, uh, I don't know if it had to do with fear so much as it had to do with the fact that Unbeknownst to me, I was married to my job. Ah, uh, yeah, got it. And and so yeah. and I, it took all my time, all my energy, all my passion, 
all my fulfillment, all my rewards, everything was locked in my job. And then I had my girlfriends who held me down. And so when I needed to go out or do or see or experience something that you would do with a partner, I did with my girlfriends, but my job was who was really getting all of my emotional love and attention. And a year later, I had a devastating, my job broke my heart, you know, for, I mean, there's no other way to put it. My job broke my heart. Right. So we went into two two different phases here because first we were married to the girlfriend. So we did, they, they, they were our plus ones at everything. We found favorite restaurants together. I created like several workout groups with them. I actually picked up more women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then I did men. Oh, absolutely. I was putting out the yes, girl, I'm your friend boo yes. vibes over and over again. And for some reason I couldn't translate that vibe across to men. No, because it because it was it was too much of a variable when it came to men and too much of um an unsure dance. Or, you know, or, or just that the whole commitment piece to to dating in your 30s, is, is, it's just much more cumbersome than it is looking for friendship. Because yeah, you get to put all of your expectations out immediately. You know, when you're, when you're looking for a friend, it's very clear. You are my workout friend, or you are my brunch friend, or you are my... Uh, club and friend, or you are my friend. I'm looking for a friend forever. Or you, girl, I always have clubbing friends. Always. Yes. yes, and it's very clear, and it and it doesn't feel like, and it's never one of those things where it feels hard when you uh, when it go when to, it ends. Yes, when it ends or when you go to transition them to either more right. or less, it's so much right. easier than with uh, when dating when you're like. So I know that we started off as fuck buddies, but I think that I want to take you to this daytime thing. <laughs> you know, it's right, like, right, right. I want to introduce you to my friends. <laughs> yes. Can I clean you up and take you to this work event? Because God help me, I need to not look like a spinster or a weirdo, you know? So it's like that. It just, it's such a much more um, uh, detailed and, and cumbersome conversation than it is to just, your girlfriend and be like what you doing? come I need you to come do this thing with me you right. know that the, the right. vulnerability is, is it's so much easier uh and so when right. I went in 2017 when my job broke right. my heart Which I is the second thing we marry ourselves to the job exactly um I realized that I was go- that my priorities were out of whack that I was mm. doing all of this and had nothing would have nothing of my own to really show for it, and that my job was could not love me back. That no. success on assignments and projects and with uh, kids, because I I work in education, <laughs> um, could yes. not w- was not uh, reciprocal love, and and so that I really was was married I was married to a thing not a living, breathing human. And I, and so I was never going to be, get the full reciprocity and fulfillment out of it that I yeah. was uh, deluding myself into thinking that I was. Yep. So, so uh, how did, I was going to ask how you pulled the, 
pulled those pieces together because yeah. it was in the midst of that, right, that we we found friendship that turned into love, or am I getting the timeline wrong? Um, no, that came almost a year later. Uh, the friendship okay. was already there. But so what happened is, is the first thing that I did was I had to really sit down and yeah. um, ask myself what it was that I wanted, right? So I had to create like a vision with myself and I had to get really clear with myself. Okay, what are you looking for? What kind of, so that I was putting out the right kind of signal. And it was, am I looking for a, uh, am I looking for just a, am I looking for just a boyfriend? Am I looking for a fuck buddy again? Am I, do I feel, am I doing this because I just feel lonely and I want to just close that hole? Like, what am I doing that for? And I realized I really was ready for that long-term relationship, that significant relationship that, that I was looking for that partner. I wanted to make a particular distinction. When you were identifying what it is that you were looking for, were you leading with what you wanted or what you knew you didn't want? Mm, that is really beautiful. So I said that's a big question, right? But those are two it very is. different things. So I, um, I led with what I really wanted and what I wanted to see. And so it came in both. So I, so I, I really, I created a vision board and I created the vision board because I wanted it to be, uh, I wanted to make sure that I was making very clear intentions and, and, and that I wasn't doing it for, um, unhealthy reasons. And so I started with these images about with couples that mm-hmm. I felt embodied these healthy relationships for me and and what it looked like and it was really ironic because um the bulk of them the women were older than the men they were about three years older than the men and I am three years older than my fiance so I I thought I thought that was like the first thing that I thought was really funny um and then uh and, and so I put down all of the qualities that I wanted that person to have. And, and I meant character qualities. It was not, I want him to be over six feet. And right. I want him to be, you know, make this X amount of money, you know. And so I, I took that off. And I said, I, I want to. No, no six pack? I, I like six pack. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. It was like, um, and and I, the things that were really important to me, like what did I need? And so the other piece was I had, when you talk about, was I looking for the things that I didn't want or the things that I did want? One of the hardest things that I have really learned about being in a long-term committed relationship is that that person has to have the same deal breakers as you. Yeah. And that person has one, I, one, because I find that it's easier, right? It, it, you're, you're, there's less, uh, wiggle room for negotiation on those pieces and for manipulation on those pieces. And a real, the, the number one thing for me was, uh, monogamy. 
And I used to joke all the time. I was like, I, I never want to have to wonder where your dick is. Um, I, just, I need to Girl. know where it is. I, just, I want to be able to know where I it is. I say that all the time. I was like, I never had to think about it. Why would I start now? Exactly. Like I, that, that literally preoccupies so much time and energy in so many people's relationships. And I was like, I, I don't have the time for that. I'm trying to build something with you. I want you to be just as serious about monogamy and, and what that means to be faithful here. So that was like the number one thing. So it was very much yeah, making you. sure like those deal breakers started the list. <clears throat> and then I spent okay. a lot of time. Yeah. And then I spent time just really preparing myself mentally to receive mm. that. Got it. And, and so that meant to be open to it and to, to not shut down. And it's funny because, um, on your episode with Rachel and you were talking about yeah. how you, you go out and you're not even checking for it. You know, I notoriously have never been on uh, a dating app, never done it, never signed up for it. I've I know that's the hardest time getting back on them. Never did it. Didn't do it. And I, and I realized that uh, I didn't have to. So I think there's, there's also this belief. I think that we keep telling women, why we keep telling women that a lot of this, you know, that there's like this, the science to how they have to do it. And I think the, the, the biggest truth to that is you just have to be true to yourself yeah. and remain honest with what works for you because that's how you're going to find someone that really gets you and it's going to be so much easier um, to, to build that relationship. Because, you know... That was an interesting phase. Um, as we go into phase three, we find out how heavenly, um, after having made or identified her clear intentions, wants, and needs, um, how she transitions slowly into happily ever now. For clarity purposes, my fiance and I used to work together and we were friends and were, were friends for a long time, were colleagues, had collaborated on a lot of projects together. And in fact, we used to run a study abroad program together. And right. he is now divorced. But I always say, if you want to know something about, if you want to truly know a person and know if you get along with a person, then you should travel with them. So, you know, we is a great indicator. It's a it huge makes indicator. Or breaks, makes or breaks relationships. Absolutely. And then, and then you throw in uh, a couple of dozen kids that you have to manage oh. as well. And you have that to be your, kids that, ain't yours. <laughs> that aren't yours that you have to be under stress with. And then, and then that changes, um, that, that just adds to the whole dynamic. So, so we did, so we worked together and built this friendship. And I found that this was a person who was fighting for me and protecting me when there was no reason for them to do it. So it was a person who just out of the goodness of their heart, that's just who, that's who he is. That was his character where he was protecting me professionally and looking out for me and supporting me um, when I didn't even know that I needed him to do that or be those things. And so we built this very solid friendship. And uh, after he was, after he got divorced, we started spending more time together because I honestly, at the beginning, was just concerned. I, I, I'm watching this person 
the the marriage that they thought was going to be forever and and what they thought their relationship was turned out to be a lie for them and his heart was broken and I was just really worried about him and I didn't want him to feel alone or be alone and so I would go out with people and go do stuff and I would call him and be like will you come out come in we're doing this we're going to that uh let's go see this movie so it was very much just how I would have treated you you mimicked you mimic the behavior he was doing for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a really great way to look at it. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. you know, was treating him, you know, I know this is probably making him laugh, but was like doing a lot of the same stuff that I would do with my girlfriends. Like, oh, come on, let's go do this thing. Let's go yes. do that. You know, it wasn't caring what I looked like or what we were doing. Like, come on, let's go do this thing. You know, and right. so, uh, and then uh, I looked up and our students were just like, uh, are y'all together? <laughs> and we were like, no, we're just friends. Well, how would you even say that? And our colleagues were like, are y'all together? And we were like, you can tell us. You know, just tell the kids. I'm like, right. no, why, why would you think that's just my friend? And I'm just looking out for him. And, and, right. um, and right. so the other piece, you know, when you start looking at like this journey and, and the package that it comes in, it, it doesn't always come the way you think it was going to come. I was afraid that it was too soon for us to, like, when I finally realized, okay, maybe I probably have feelings for this person and this person might have feelings for me. I was concerned. I was like, oh, it's too soon after his divorce. Uh, We work together. What does this look like? What about that? And then I had to finally say, who cares? Because when you start dreaming with fear, that's not a dream. That's a nightmare. That's a nightmare. That's and powerful. so, uh, and and I and I asked him, I you know, before when you asked me to do this, I asked him. I said, "Well, what made you decide to to date me? Because you had just gone through a traumatic divorce, um, however many months before, and you know, I was your friend. You know, what made you decide to do it?" And he said, "Because you made it easy." And uh, I always said that. I'm sorry, oh, I, I asked him, I said, what made you decide to, to date me? And he said, because you made it easy. Yeah. And I said, well, what does that mean? He was like, do you remember how we started dating? So we started dating because I asked. You have to say it one oh. more time because I don't think oh, okay. you got it. <laughs> I, I asked him uh, what made him decide to date me. And he told me because yeah. I made it easy. And I said, well, I said, well, what does that mean? Easy. He said, well, do you remember how we actually started dating? So we actually started dating because I finally looked at him. And I mean, like, I actually, like, physically looked at him in the face. I and I said, story. you should date me. <laughs> he was like, wait, what, what, what? And I said, yeah, you should date me. And he said, well, I don't, I don't know. I don't want to mess it up. I don't, I, you know, I might do it. And I said, well, what's the worst that could happen? And I was like, I don't think that you're going to do it. He was do anything to hurt me. He was like, no, no, I wouldn't do that. You're right. I'm not a douche. I, I wouldn't do those things. And I said, uh, and, and I said okay. And so I was like, and, and so he said, well, uh, what if it doesn't work out? I was like, if it doesn't work out, then it's fine. I was like, we're, we're friends already. Yeah. And he said, okay, well, what would it look like? And I said, it would look like this, except you would get to touch on me. Don't you want to touch on me? Oh. <laughs> And so then, you know, uh, and so then we, and literally we just started dating after that. And 
Um, and, and so, you know, like I kind of like kept enrolled into this relationship, but I, and I said to him really early on though, um, I, I'm, I made my intentions very clear. And I said, I'm not ready to get married today or even in the next year or two, but I do want to be right. married. And I said, do you see yourself getting married again? I said, because if you don't, there's no point, right. you know, to continue. And he was like, no, I absolutely do. And so there were a couple of, you know, there were a couple of things where I did not feel afraid or scared to just ask for what I wanted up front. And so there was no manipulation at the beginning and, and no confusion and no secrecy, which I think is another really huge thing. Right. Um, yeah. So I, I think you dropped some beautiful gems here. Uh, number one, be leading with what you want versus what you don't want. Um, because that's the struggle I've been having. I'm like, I know I don't want, and mm-hmm. I know. And so it's made it difficult to kind of identify what my wants look mm-hmm. like. Um, the other thing is you did, you, it seems as if you just started looking around mm-hmm. you versus looking in places that you never would mm-hmm. be anywhere. Yeah, and I, and I just remained open, too. Uh, I don't even know, I don't even like, know. What if, how did that open look like? So right before like, him, well, I mean, not right before him, but months before him, I was set up on, with a guy who uh, okay. was not meant for me. But I was like, fine. I was like, that. I was like, I'm okay. I was like, I'll, I'll be open to that. So it wasn't even so much a process of fishing. It was just being open to the possibilities. And I I love what you said about being open to what was around me, because that just means being present so that when opportunities present themselves, you don't start putting up roadblocks as to why not. So I just remained curious. Being present sounds a lot less intimidating than being open. Because then we start making up all sorts of stories about what that means. Like, does that mean that I smile more? That I can't? right, right. <laughs> does it mean, yeah, like, am I going out more? Yeah. That's open. Um, but being present actually paints such a different picture. Um, actually, I almost felt like a calm feeling come over me. Was like, oh, she means present. I can do press. And it was, and it, and it was for me too. It was very calm because I have a real, like, I really just don't like strangers. It's not lost on me that the majority right. of my relationships came out of people that were my friends first, uh, because you could trust them right. and could, you know, ease into vulnerability with them. So the idea of being present meant that I didn't have to look at you as forever. I just had to show up in that mm. moment and be fully aware and open to wherever that moment was taking us and and mindful of where I wanted to go to. So as you can imagine, um, Heavenly being a girl's girl um, and having other single girlfriends, um, how there could be some mixed feelings. And so um, I asked Heavenly about that and how um, she was able to move past that and focus on, on her happily ever now. What is the, what's the support looking like amongst, um, your friends? 
Can you hear me? So I'm going to have to ask you okay. to say that again. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I, all I did was laugh uh, at what you said, because the irony is that I would say by and large, the support is incredible. Every, I would say damn near everybody in my life got that he was important and that this was significant. And based on my personality type, one, I'm incredibly secretive. I can have a whole full on relationship with a person and my friends won't even know. Right. So, like, I, like, so the fact that I was like telling people, they were like, oh, this is serious. The fact that I moved to a different state and and I didn't even and I didn't feel Which like did. I was. Which you did. I did, and I moved to a a very red state. And I used to say that I, you know, having grown up in a very diverse um, uh, majority black area, and uh, that I was never going to a red state, and I was never moving, you know, anywhere outside of you know my lovely little blue area. And I did, and I didn't do it, you know, like I didn't do it for him. I did it for us and, and yeah. also for me, you know? And so I never at, at any, the, the shift that I've made in my life has never felt like a sacrifice just, you know, for him or for this relationship. They have all felt like things for me, just yeah. as much as they've been for us. I think that's part of it. So the majority of my, of my friends, both male and female, I have a good amount of guy friends too, um, yeah. have been incredibly supportive. I have had, uh, one or two people who have tried to pull my relationship through their lens and how they see it and mm -hmm. what they it look like and, and, and how they interpret it and what they're comfortable with, with right. me doing. And yeah. so that, that's hard, right? Because especially as a girl's girl, I have learned to really trust my girlfriends and see right. them as, huge support system. So when you have a girlfriend that looks you in the face and is like, I just don't want you to be losing yourself with this man and in this relationship. And it's like, that's not what relationships do or are. Right. But at the same time, I'm not living for a job or mm -hmm. a career. I'm, I'm, I'm living my life to the highest expression of myself. And a lot of that is in loving another human being. So I don't yeah. feel like I've sacrificed any part of myself by being in this relationship. So the, the one or two who have, who have and, and, and I had to learn very quickly that it was projection, not right. some special prophecy that had been laid on them to right. Right. from getting hurt. That like, it was like, no girl, you're an adult. You can trust yourself. And that person can mean well, but that doesn't mean that their intentions are valid for you. Correct. So, so a lot of my, so I've also learned that not everybody gets to be in your relationship, nor should they That's be. That's right, nor should they be. I can say I am happy and hopeful and proud of Heavenly because um, she's definitely come a long way and is teaching us um, so much about growth and love. And um, <clears throat> I asked her what's next and, and how she foresees uh, her future with her happily ever now. So what is next? 
I mean, you did the work, you stayed present. Um, you mentioned at the beginning of our recording that you are engaged, but what does that, you know, what, what's been coming up for you since you decided to say yes? Um, and, and how do you think that's going to So the hardest time? part, um, especially uh, as a 38-year-old woman in, um, mm. in a really healthy, committed relationship, um, and healthy does not mean easy. I just want to be very clear about that. Right. We do not do, I think, right. a good enough job of really explaining the amount of work that it takes to sustain a relationship. It is a daily practice. So for me, the hardest part is um, I, it's this like figurative expression of staying in the room uh, and not and not mm. quitting or or leaving. And I don't mean like physically getting up and leaving, but sometimes I do also mean that, but I mean like continuing to be, um, to be present and to fight for my relationship, which means that I don't get to be selfish. I'm mindful mm. of my needs and, and my wants, but I cannot be selfish. I have to think about right. another human being. Uh, outrun an errand. Yeah. I need to check in with you and tell you, oh, I'm going to be a little bit later than I thought I was. I'm looking this thing up and right. I'm totally engrossed in it, but you just walked in the door. I need to put it down and acknowledge your presence. We are having this communication and I need to actually fight and power through the discomfort of really wanting to tell you, shut the fuck up and go to hell. <laughs> when, <Yeah>. you, know, <laughs> you know, and by the way, exactly. just go away. Like, you're so stupid. Why don't you get this? You know, I, I can't be preoccupied with being right. And that doesn't mean that the, uh, or, yeah. or it doesn't mean, and also just getting rid of the idea of being right. There is no right and there is no wrong. There's no victim yes. and there's no punisher. You know, right. but, but it also means not being silent. And that means that when you do something that is, annoying or uncomfortable or different from what I wanted or thought, I don't suffer in silence and then hold it against you later. I have to put on big girl panties yeah. and objectively just tell you, I, I didn't want this or I didn't like that. Um, so can we do it different the next time? And, and to also allow for um, a next time. That's huge. So it, it, yeah. it's hard. We, we spend so much time one of the luxuries of being single as you age and so you're making more money is you really only have to think about yourself and and, and please yourself and and deal with that and it's it's a big shift to factor another person it is yeah i've definitely been relishing in all of my quote-unquote self-care yeah. <laughs> because it involves a lot of spending money and time on me. And um, so, yeah, it's, I may get a rude awakening very, I am going to get a rude awakening very soon, but it's one that I welcome um, with, with the twins that my sister's oh, having yeah. um, and, and yeah. me physically being around to help. But that's still, a, that's still different, right? Like you, I can get yes. them back. Yes. So. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> the next. So I really, yeah, the, my next level is, you know, what are you, you know, how are you sacrificing that time or opening yourself up or being present to 
um, to also have to think about someone else that's not the kids or your mom or your sister. Yeah, and the good thing is is that it won't um, feel like um, it won't feel like a sacrifice when when you do. It, it right. may feel new and uncomfortable at times, but it won't feel like a sacrifice. So I know I will be Team Heavenly for her happily ever now. Um, And I asked her for me, but also for any of the listeners of Jay in Transit who are looking to break out of relationship hater phase or or be more present and recognize the possibilities around them, um, or even um, self-love and and honesty with self um, to give us some tips on how to get there. Okay, and because I, you know, would love to leave um, our listeners and me um, at this point uh, with some action steps, what would you, what would you say some action steps are for folks um, in coming out of the relationship pater phase and looking to be um, present and enter into, um, into something new and different with another uh, human being? I think the biggest thing is to really be kind with yourself and honest with yourself. And, mm-hmm. and, and sometimes it flips. Maybe you need to be honest first and kind first because um, there have been times where, you know, in coming out of this phase, I knew at first it was like, I just really need some dick. So I, I'm, I'm, I need some good dick. Can I, can I get a good fuck buddy? And I had to be really honest with myself. And so that, you know, I can't then, you know, and I had to be kind with that and not take that to mean that I am, you know, betraying this ultimate goal that I have or that I've somehow, you know, gotten off the wrong track or then turning that fuck buddy into um, potential Mr. Right. Cause that's not yeah. what, that's not the purpose that yeah. you're supposed to be. So being very honest with yourself about what it is that you need each step of the way and going after that. You know, we do that with food. We wake up and go, I really need some coffee or I really need a bagel, you know? And so it's like, do that in the relationship. And so if I really just want to date so that I can get back into that rhythm and figure out what that is, do that. So being very clear about where you are in this process and not feeling like you're too late in the process. Sure. Um, I would say to definitely start with that. And then remembering that it is consistent present work when you do get in that relationship, that it, right. is, it is uncomfortable. And so making sure that that person shares your deal breakers, your values. Um, and, and that, listen, that can be anything. It does not have to be monogamy. I think a lot of women think that right. monogamy is their deal breaker and I watch some of these women and it's like no that's not your deal breaker your deal breaker right. is right. fine and that's definitely a personal that's a you know that's personal to you and that person for sure yeah and and then also being okay creating your own fairy tale or really? oh, I was say, and your own lane it doesn't yes. have to look like someone else's oh my god the our engagement looks totally different from what society said it was supposed to look like. We were supposed to go on some kind of scavenger hunt and it was supposed to be all over Instagram. 
and everybody and their mama was supposed to be there and we were supposed to rent out a movie theater and there was supposed to be an animated story and a, and a new song created with it. And my you had too much time. You had yeah. too much time. You <laughs> were sitting on the couch, I was eating pizza and I looked like trash. And it was and it was the best. And I was and I I didn't even cry. And as you're supposed to cry, and I was like, I was like, I can't even cry because this just feels real good. You know, like he was supposed to have asked me out and here I am telling him, not even asking him, but telling him he should date me, you know, um, yeah. we moved in together, you know, before, you know, we, before we, before we got engaged and I moved out here without, with just an idea of what I wanted to do for the next phase of my career. And right. so a lot of it has been really creating, just like you said, create your own lane and being comfortable. So much of, of a successful relationship is being comfortable with the decisions that you and your partner make. Yeah, very true. And being happy too. Oh my God, can, just, can we have some fun? Oh my God. <laughs> well, we have no choice but to have fun. We take ourselves way too seriously in other areas. So definitely, if it's not fun, if it's not fun, it's not worth it. So, um, and that's advice actually that I got from one of my law school best friends. Um, whenever she, you know, talks about her relationships and, and whatever other stuff she's getting into, she's like, if it's not fun, it's not worth it. Move on mm-hmm. to something else. So, yeah, so I am so honored and very grateful for you being um, so open, present and vulnerable um, in in my second episode. And um, I'm, you know, can't wait to see what what's next for you and your fiance. Um, And and I'm thinking I may have him on here, too. Oh, God, that would be so fun. I totally support it. Won't be about what, it won't be what we, talking about what we talked about, but I think. Well, you know, you, so he'll do whatever you ask him to do. So there you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, you have a great rest of your um, day, and I look forward to connecting again soon. Oh, my God. You know, I love you. Enjoy Syracuse. And uh, of course, we will talk soon. Love you too. Well, thank you all for rocking with me in uh, episode two of Jay in Transit. I hope that there were some nuggets that you will find helpful in whatever phase of your love journey you find yourself. Um, And I hope that you continue to follow me as uh, we discover a few more of these topics. Um, I can, you can find me on Instagram at Jay in Transit. Um, And so far, this podcast is on Anchor. So anchor.fm. Until next time.